Revelation chapter 13. Ignore what it says up on the screen. <laughs> it says Daniel chapter 2, but ignore that. Revelation 13. We will be going to Daniel 2. Revelation chapter 13. We're going to be looking at the beast this morning. What the Bible has to say about the beast. Revelation chapter 13. We'll be there at verse 1. So I, uh, I took a little bit, I took a couple of weeks break on preaching and teaching out of the, out of the book of Revelation because uh, it's just tough, man. It's really tough. So then I, I, I took that break because it's so tough. And then I, I preached on the sin of doing nothing. And I thought, well, nobody showed up at church today. I shouldn't have preached that sermon last Sunday. Uh, nobody, now nobody wants to do nothing. No, just, just kidding around. Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. Uh, but during that teaching and preaching on the book of Revelation, I was talking about the Babylon mothership. I called it Mothership Babylon. In Revelation 12, where it says the, uh, the, the devil's cast out of heaven, and he's come down, he knows he has a short time. And I was talking about he's a visitor from outer space, and how the world now is looking for aliens, and they think about aliens. And I wanted to read this latest thing, and I, I believe, I really believe that the Antichrist is going to come down. It won't, he won't be an alien, but he'll come down as an alien, and he'll, 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 ha he'll present himself to the world as an alien, and he'll come out of a mothership. And they'll be, oh, it's, the, it's our Savior, it's our avatar, it's the teacher from outer space. He's going to have all the answers. And here's the latest news. This was just March 22nd, back Wednesday, March 22nd. This is the latest news, latest news story. Alien mothership lurking in our solar system could be watching us with tiny probes, Pentagon officials suggest. Could an alien mothership be hovering around the solar system sending out tiny probes to explore planets? According to a Harvard scientist and a Pentagon official, it's possible. This isn't some quack with uh, aluminum on his head or anything. This is a Pentagon official, a Harvard professor saying, Hey, we're seeing these little UFO objects in the sky and we can't explain them. We don't know what they are. Could it be these little probes that are being sent out by this mothership out in outer space and... Here we go, brothers and sisters, here we go. I mean, this Bible's way ahead of anything you're going to see, way ahead. And all you got to do is read it, study it, and most importantly, believe it. When it doesn't make sense, just, you don't have to understand it, just believe it. And you'll be amazed how just believing it and you'll, the, the world will catch up to it and you're like, oh, okay, now that makes a lot of sense. So let's go up in Revelation, get go, going to Revelation chapter 13, Revelation 13 verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. Now it would be John. It's right in the book of Revelation that he's been given this book. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray, Lord, that you'll give us wisdom out of your book, Lord God, as we try to piece all this together, Lord, using your book, Lord God, using your verses, Lord. And I pray, Father, for that wisdom. I pray your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and direct us, Lord. But I do pray, Father, more importantly, that 
If there's somebody who needs the sound of my voice that doesn't have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Lord, I can't think of a time, a date, or a place that they put, your faith, put their faith in you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior, Lord, I pray, Father, as we give this invitation at the end of this service, that they'll make that decision for you and receive you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray, amen. So here we go. This beast comes rising up out of the sea. And let's read it again. I stood, let's go back up to verse 1. Let's, let's break this down. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a great beast. Now, in the sea, in the Bible, is peoples, multitudes, multitudes of people. That's where the, the sea in the Bible represents people, multitudes of people. But what's interesting about the sea as we know it, the oceans, as in Revelation 21, God does away with all the seas. In the new heavens and the new earth, there'll be no more sea. That sea is cursed. That sea you see out there, that ocean out there is cursed. It's, it's salt water. It's like the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. You can't drink any of that water, that seawater. is out there. It's a curse. It's something that's been cursed about that ocean, and in the end, and we'll read it when we get there, but in Revelation 21, God does away with those seas. But out of those seas, because he's standing on the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns... Ten crowns. Now, that's exactly almost to the T. Going back, go back to Revelation 12.3. Look at Revelation 12.3. Remember that, that dragon that's described there? The red dragon? And behold, a great red dragon. In the, a wonder in heaven, verse 3. Having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Something's, something's changed. Because go back to 13.1. There's seven crowns upon his heads, but in 13.1, those crowns are on, the, are on the horns. And seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns. Something's changed. And as we get further into Revelation 17, I'll try to show you how there's this one world government, and there's going to be a ten-federated kingdom, and this ten-federated kingdom, these ten nations that gather together, there's something going on of them. There's, there's, ten, there's a ten groups. And I don't want to say, I say nations, but it could just be simply men. This, uh, this Illuminati kind of Bilderberg type of society that you see everything's coming out of. I mean, you see like Bill Gates trying to control the world right now. Bill Gates trying to tell you that you should be, everyone in here should be vaccinated. Is that what he tells us? Does Bill Gates have any kind of degree in science or biology? No! He's just rich, and he's telling you what to do. You see this happening in the world. Now, what I just told you right there, well, I cannot go on YouTube. YouTube will kick me off for saying that. And Facebook will throw me down just because I mentioned the vaccinations. That's a society we're living in. They're trying to control what you hear and what you think, and they don't want you, to, they don't want you thinking for yourself. And I praise God that we have the men and women that died and bled so we can have this book in our lap and we can find out what they're trying to do to us. And upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his head's the name of blasphemy. What is blasphemy? Blasphemy is calling something God that's not God. They, they accused Jesus Christ of blasphemy because he was claiming to be God when they thought he wasn't God. But he was God, amen. He was God. But that's what they accused him of blasphemy. So this creature, this beast, this nation, this Weird uh, thing that he sees coming out. It's got the name, heads of the name of blasphemy. So it's going to be, uh, somebody's going to be calling this thing a God when it's not a God. And here's a description in verse 2. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. So he had the body of a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear. And he had the mouth as a mouth of a lion. It's a weird described, he's a weird beast. And the dragon, 
And we know the dragon to be Satan, gave him his power and his seat. He has a seat and great authority, great authority. So we need to, to understand what we're reading here in verse 2. We need to go all the way back to Daniel chapter 2. So if you'll follow with me, go back to Daniel chapter 2. You can't understand Revelations without Daniel. You've got to have Revelations to understand Daniel, vice versa. Daniel and Revelation go hand in hand. So if you can find the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel's a pretty big book in your Bible, turn to the right and you'll find Daniel. And turn to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Get this going. Daniel chapter 2. So what was going on in Daniel chapter 2? I'm going to give you an overview because we didn't have time to go through every bit of it. But look at verse 32. Find your place there at verse 32. And while you're finding Daniel 2.32, what happened was Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he said, he called in all his magicians, all his astrologers, all his soothsayers. And he says, okay, I want you all to tell me what the dream is and what it means. And they said, well, what is your dream and we'll tell you what it means. And he said, no. I know how y'all guys work. If I tell you what the dream is, then you'll give me some kind of interpretation that you think fits that dream. What I'm going to do is if you're really who you say you are, you'll tell me what my dream is and you'll tell me what it means. Now they said, nobody's ever done that, Nebuchadnezzar. He goes, well, I tell you what, I know nobody's ever done that, but if you don't tell me, I'm going to kill every one of y'all. That included Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Jews that were brought from Jerusalem. So they came in and told Daniel what's going on. Daniel says, why is he so hateful, hasteful, hasty to kill everybody? Let me pray to God. So God gave Daniel the interpretation. Daniel showed up to Nebuchadnezzar and says, great Nebuchadnezzar, I know your dream. And he said, this is what you dreamed. Verse 2, and he said, you, you dreamed. Verse 31, look at verse 31 to get the context. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, and his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till, it, that, till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces." So right, what you have here is you've got this image that he's seeing this image and I threw it up on the screen for you. And he's showing Nebuchadnezzar, this is what you dream. You dream this, you dream this statue. It had a head, you had the arms, the breast, and, and the, the thigh there. And then the thigh goes all the way down here to the feet. And you had ten toes at the end of that feet. So he's saying what you're, what you're, what you're seeing, Nebuchadnezzar, this is what you dream right here. And then you've seen a stone come in and destroy these toes. Skip down to verse uh, 36, because I'm trying to get this out for time's sake. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever so the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the heaven hath he given unto thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. So Babylon... Nebuchadnezzar was over the kingdom of Babylon, and he's represented by this great image of this gold head. And notice as we go through this that the, that the metals get of lesser quality. you got gold, and then it goes to silver, and then it goes to bronze, and then it's going to go to iron, and then iron mixed with clay. So the, the metal quality just gets less and less and less. And then he goes on in verse 39, and Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar, And after these shall rise another kingdom. 
inferior to thee. It's not quite as powerful as Babylon. And another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. So the first kingdom was Babylon. What followed Babylon was the Medo-Persian Empire. The Medes and the Persians came in. They conquered, conquered Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. They conquered him. And they're, they're represented by the two arms. The two-armed breastplate there. The Medes and the Persians, they got together and they conquered. And then after that came in the Grecian Empire that was controlled and run by Alexander the Great. It came in and it controlled and conquered the Medes and the Persians. So what God's showing Nebuchadnezzar is, he's showing him the world empires to come. And, and verse 40, And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, and that's represented by the two legs. The as strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things, and as, and as iron that breaketh all things, shall it break in pieces and bruise. So that third, I mean that fourth empire, you got the one, two, three, the fourth empire, Babylon, Medo-Persian, Greece, the fourth empire is Rome, and that's the fourth world empire that raised up, was controlling the whole known world, was a, the empire of Rome. And that started about 168 B.C. to about 476 A.D. And it controlled all the world. And they conquered the Grecians. And that's what that prophecy is. Now you're starting to see why they try to put Daniel way, way, way later than it was actually written because it's so prophetic. It's prophesying all these truths about the world empires to come. And verse uh, 41, And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. So this kingdom is going to be just held together. This last world empire is going to be held together, just barely held together. Skip down to verse 44. And in the days of these kings, so there's kings there, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. That's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That's the millennial kingdom. That's when Jesus Christ comes back as king of kings and lord of lords and destroys, destroys destroys these toes, that very, the very last world empire. And he takes up his empire, and it'll never change. Look at verse 45. For as much as thou sawest that stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. It's a supernatural stone. It was cut out of the mountain, but without hands. It's a supernatural stone. Jesus Christ is that stone. Jesus Christ is that rock. He's the rock of ages. Paul said, that rock is Jesus Christ. And that rock is shown there as a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God hath made known to the king, that's Nebuchadnezzar, what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain. And the interpretation thereof, sure, you can count on it. You can count on it. So he's showing there that Jesus Christ is coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's, he's represented in that vision. God gives it to Nebuchadnezzar in a dream is a vision as a big rock, as a stone coming down and boom, hitting that, that, that uh, stone, I mean that statue and, and blowing it to pieces. Look at chapter 7. I'm showing you all this because this is important. Chapter 7, verse 1. Now, Daniel's going to be shown the same type of dream of the world empires to come. Daniel's about to be shown the world empires to come, and God's going to give Daniel that same type of dream, but 
Daniel is given a dream in a different way. Instead of being, Nebuchadnezzar shown the dream as, hey, you're this gold head, with the, and then it's going to turn into silver, silver arms and leg, arms, and then it goes into brass and then iron. He's shown this great statue, Nebuchadnezzar is. Daniel's going to be shown as wild beasts that rise up out of the sea. Look at verse 1. And that goes back to what we're looking at, Revelation 13. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one, from another. So he sees these four great beasts, and notice that they're coming up out of the sea. Notice that's where the beast in Revelation 13 comes up. Out of the sea. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Remember what we saw there that the mouth was like a lion there in Revelation 13. He said, The first was like a lion and it had eagle's wings. And I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and he was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. This lion represents Nebuchadnezzar as a king. This represents Nebuchadnezzar. And the reason why this represents, how this represents Nebuchadnezzar is, uh, it says there, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made stand upon the feet as a man. What happened was Nebuchadnezzar went insane, and then his insanity, he recovered his insanity in Daniel chapter 4, and then he was brought back up. If you look at Babylonian, if you look at Babylonian, architecture and statues. Here's, a, here's something out of, out, of, out of Iraq, Iran, and Babylon right here. And you see, here's the, he's got the lion body. He's got, the, he's got, the, he's got the, the wings of an eagle, just like it's described there. Lion and had eagle's wings. Here's another one there. They come from Babylon. This is over the gate right here. You see the wings that are right there from the Ishtar gate right there uh, in the Babylon gate. So that, was a re that represented the Babylons. And so you got, he's seeing this first lion, it comes up, that represents the king of Babylon, represents Nebuchadnezzar, this wild beast. Look at verse 5, and behold, another beast, second like a bear, like to a bear. And it raised itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto the, to it, Arise, devour much flesh. So this bear is going to represent the Medes and the Persians. And it said that one side of it was lifted up, raised up. One side was raised up. The, the Persian side of the Medes and Persian Empire was a lot stronger than the Mede side. So it shows that bear. He had one paw raised up itself on one side, and he had three ribs in his mouth. There was, a, there was a triple allegiance that went against the Medes and the Persians. I can't remember. One of them was Egypt. I have them written down somewhere in my Bible. One of them was Egypt. Uh, one of them was Babylon. One was Lydia. They came up against the Medes and the Persians. They completely destroyed them. The, what the Persians were known for is sending just hundreds of thousands of men after you. They might not have the best trained army, but they would send hundreds and thousands of men at where you just, it's just like ants swarming you. And you couldn't, that's how they did. That's why it says arise. We believe that's why it says arise, devour much flesh. This represents the Medes and the Persian, the Medo-Persian Empire. And you notice how it's lining up with the statue, the silver in the statue. And that they ran from about 539 to 331 B.C. before Christ was born. The next one is a weird one. Look at verse 6. And this I behold, lo, another like a leopard. There it is, a leopard. And notice as I, I point back over to this board over here that in that beast that was rising out of the sea in Revelation 13, 
the bear was represented there, and the, there's the lion, and now we're going. Now we're we're seeing the leopard. We're seeing the leopard being represented, uh, and there's like a leopard, like beheld and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, wings of a fowl. Beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Four heads. So Alexander the Great was over the Grecian Empire, and when Alexander the Great was over the Grecian Empire. When he died, his kingdom was split into four kingdoms. His four generals took over his kingdom, and that's why we believe that those, the Grecian Empire is represented with four heads there, a leopard that has four heads. Kind of a strange thing there. There's a weird one right there. Notice there, though, there, it says the beast had also four heads, and talking about the leopard, and dominion was given to it. What's interesting about that word dominion in your Bible, Alexander the Great is quoted by Josephus as saying that God told him in a dream that he would conduct my army and would give me the dominion over the Persians. He said, God told me I'd have dominion over the Persians. And right there it says that he had the four heads and dominion was given to it, to the leopard. That leopard represents Alexander the Great and his kingdom of the Grecian Empire. Look at verse 7. And after this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible. Now this artist up here put it up as a Tyrannosaurus rex. Because there's no description to this beast. Dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Oh, there we go. Where have we heard that before? We just read that in Revelation 13, 1. There was ten horns. And we read that in Revelation 12, 3. That dragon had ten horns. So you're seeing this dreadful fourth beast have ten horns. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. There is your Antichrist coming up out of this kingdom. There's ten horns, and behold, there came up there another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Ten of those Ten of those horns, ten of those kings, three of them are going to be knocked out, and then the Antichrist is going to come up. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things, a great orator, like Hitler, known for being a great orator. Get up there and just preach and preach and preach. Look at verse 9. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit. The thrones, what thrones? All these thrones that these kings are sitting on. And the ancients of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. Who's that describing? That's describing God Almighty. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. If you know Ezekiel, those fire, fiery wheels, wheels within wheels. They kind of, when you read that up in Ezekiel chapter 1, it sounds like a UFO, what people describe UFOs. It's wheels, they're on their sides, it's wheels within wheels, and they're turning, and they're seeing them on their sides. It's like, it looks like a, what people are describing, what they're seeing up in, up in the skies. And what you're seeing, what they're seeing is not aliens from another planet. What they're seeing is angelic or demonic activity. Fallen angels or, or, or God's angels moving around in the skies. Notice verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him. And ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. Oh, this is a great white throne judgment. And it beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, the Antichrist, the great words, the horn spake, that Antichrist, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given 
to the burning flame. And in Revelation 19, the beast is cast into the hell, cast into the lake of fire along with the false prophet. So look down at verse 15. Look at verse 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. Well, wouldn't it you? <laughs> I've had some pretty bad nightmares, but have you ever had one like that? He thought, I was a little troubled by that. And, and he knew something. I came near unto one of them that stood by. He told me that the angel standing by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. So verse 16 tells you God's about to interpret it for you. A lot of times when you're reading your Bible, you say, man, this, this is weird. This is way out there. What does this mean? Just keep reading. And the Bible will tell you what it means. These great beasts, verse 17, these great beasts which are four are four kings which shall rise out of the earth. Okay. There, I don't have to tell you what they are. That's what they are. The lion, the bear, the leopard, and the fourth beast, these are four kings. So these beasts are representing kings. And these coarse kings always represent kingdoms, but they represent specifically kings that come up out of the earth. Verse 18, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. The millennial kingdom that I talk about all the time. Jesus Christ ruling this earth. So what the Bible's showing you here in Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Revelation 13 is what, you, what this Bible really is a, his, is, is a history book about kings and kingdoms. And if you read this book, it gets kind of boring, doesn't it? Because it's this king did that, this, and this king did this, and this king went and done that, and, and then you read about this and that, and you're like, why is God so interested in kings? Because it's all about kings and kingdoms. And what did Jesus Christ come preaching? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. It's about kingdoms. And it's about a king. And we know what that king is. That king, the great king, Jesus Christ. So that's what this is all about. Verse 19, then I would know, Daniel says something, I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass, which fired, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn, the Antichrist, that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Look at verse 21. I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints. That's the Jewish tribulation saints. We read about that in Revelation 12. Remember when the dragon's going after the Jews and God's trying to hide the Jews out? He's out there trying to kill them all. Look at verse 22. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. That's when we come in and take the kingdom. Verse 23. Thus he said, this is what he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms. It's different. And shall devour the whole earth. It's a one world government. It's going to this kingdom is going to devour the whole earth. And shall tread it down and break it in pieces. It's a one world government. Does it feel like this whole world's falling apart? I will say, I will answer for you and say amen. Does it feel like this whole world's starting to, this world's starting to become one world? Whatever's happening in the UK affects America. Whatever's happening in China affects America. America affects China. All this, this one world government. Look at verse 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings. There's some kind of ten federated kings that come together that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. That Antichrist is going to rise up, and he's going to take out three of those. We don't know why, we don't know what the, what the issue is, but he doesn't like them, they don't like him or something. 
Verse 25, And he spake great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. Ooh. He'll change, change times and laws. He's going to change the Levitical law. He's going to change some times. He's going to change things up. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, one, and times two, and the dividing of time, half a time. That's three and a half years. So now you remember, as, we've pre, as I, I preached through Revelation, notice it's always been three and a half years, three and a half years, 42 months, which is three and a half years, 1,260 days, which is three and a half years, a time and a times and a dividing of time. So that's the time that the Antichrist rises up. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom on the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Let me stop there and say this. Do you see that we win in the end? So you see the kings, and there's all these kings rising up, and everything that he said has come true. Everything that Daniel prophesied came true. The Medes and Persians came in and took over Babylon. And then the Grecian came in and took over the Medes and Persians. And then Rome came in and took over from the Grecians. And then Rome is coming through. And now we're waiting for the very end where there'll be a ten federated, the ten toes, a ten federated kingdom. And then it's represented as horns in this vision. And then the Antichrist comes out of one of those ten. Then ten horns. Verse 28, and then of course Daniel says, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my congregations which is uh, this troubled him. It's like his, his countenance and everything about him. And my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. So it really troubled him. So here we go. I'm going to throw this up there. So we got the statue. Here's Jesus Christ coming and destroying the feet of this statue. It destroys this whole, all these kingdoms. And you see that Babylon's represented by the gold, silver, there's brass, there's iron, so the, the gold goes with Babylon, there's the, there's the lion with the eagle's wings, there's the bear holding the three ribs, the Medo-Persian, Grecian, Alexander the Great, and his four generals take over, and then Rome, as we know Rome, then it turns into a dreadful beast with ten horns. And then up here, if you look real close, this horn has got a mouth and it's speaking great things. Uh, the Antichrist is going to kill people by his mouth. What he says... Hitler never fired a gun in World War II, and he killed six million Jews. Hitler never shot a Jew, but he killed, how did he do that? With his mouth. You know, the only gun that Hitler uh, fired was at his own head to commit suicide. Hitler was a killer, and he killed him by what he spoke and what he said. And that's how the world's going to fall for the Antichrist. So let's go back to Revelation 13 and let's start closing it up. Revelation 13. Let's, so piece it, let's piece it all together now. Revelation 13. Revelation 13. So let's see. Now we know. Now, brothers and sisters, we are in the end times. I have no doubt about that. So now that we're at the end and we've seen what Daniel was prophesied, or Nebuchadnezzar was given in Daniel 2, what, what Daniel was given in Daniel chapter 7 about the great beast and about, we're seeing all that. And I've, we got this pictured right up in here. Now that we have all of that and we can look back in history and we look at what's going on today in today's history, let's look at this again in verse 2. Revelation 13, and let's see if we can together piece this together and figure out what may be going on. Okay, so this kingdom, it's a, it's a, it's a multinational kingdom. Because notice, it's a beast, it's a leopard, 
Let's read it again. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his great authority. So you have this beast is, is made up of a leopard, a bear, a lion, and a dragon. And I'm here, the body is a leopard, the feet is, is, is of a bear, the mouth of a lion, and the power is found there as a dragon. Let's look at the first one, which I saw was like unto a leopard. So that leopard, the body's of a leopard. That leopard, brothers and sisters, we're going to say that leopard represents the USA. And the reason why the, the, the leopard represents the USA, represents America, is because the leopard is known for being multiracial, multicultural. If there's any country is known, known to be multiracial and multicultural, it's America. And that leopard is known to be what? The leopard has got brown skin, yellow skin, black dots. It's got all the colors. And that leopard represents a multiracial, multicultural. So we're seeing that America is part of this, this uh, rise. Is America part of the, of the world government today? Yes. They're all together in cahoots, but who's the, part, who's the main leader in that? I hate to tell y'all guys that, but it's America. And you're seeing there, and his feet were as the feet of a bear. What does that bear represent? Medes and the Persians. What does that bear represent? That bear, well, Russia. Russia, the, bear, the, the, the creature that uh, Russia's known to be associated with is the bear. And that's a military power. See the feet there? That represents a military power. So the main thrust of this kingdom is controlled through America, but the, but the military power is going to be used through Russia. And his feet were as the feet of a, of a bear. And his mouth as a mouth of a lion. That right there, that lion, especially that griffin up there, you see up there, that's represented by England or the UK. This is known today mainly. And notice that, that what that is, is that's the language, that's a language. Notice it's the mouth, right? The mouth of a lion. What's England known for? English. So what's the universal language of, of the world today? It's English, right? You go anywhere in the world, they know English. Almost everybody except for Americans has a second language. And everybody's second language is English. They know English. And it's that, that, that mouth of a lion, that's representing the English, the England today. So what's the last one? And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and his great authority. What's, uh, what country do you associate a dragon with? Well, I know that, I, that you got the Chinese dragon, and that's the power of Satan right there. So... What's interesting when you study this out, and it lines up pretty well, you got America, Russia, England, UK, and you got China. China is associated with that dragon, the Chinese dragon. And while America is falling apart and being run, and America's not being run by Biden, I hate to tell you all that. He's not being, being run by Biden. While this country's falling apart, while Biden is bringing in some TV celebrities to argue about trans rights, you know what Russia and China were doing last week? They were shaking hands. We're, we're, they're making an agreement. They're doing, they're doing things to make sure they can, they can fuel it. They can make sure they got plenty of fuel. They got plenty of oil. 
You know what you need oil and fuel for? To run tanks and helicopters and jets. They don't run with wind turbines. I hate to tell Biden that. So you got this, you got this, you see in the Antichrist government starting to get, it's starting to be formed before your very eyes. China and Russia, there's no reason they should be in agreement, and they're doing war games together since 2003, and now they're working together hand in hand. Look at verse 3. And I saw one of the heads, one of the heads of this great beast, as it were, wounded to death. Somebody gets assassinated. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. The Antichrist gets assassinated. Now, I'm going to preach on that. The next time, I, Lord willing, next Sunday, I'll preach on that. The Antichrist gets assassinated. And we'll pick this back up next Sunday. But the Antichrist is going to get assassinated. He's going to get, somebody, somebody's going to get him with a sword. And when they get him with that sword and get him in the head and get him across the face and in the arm and they get him, it's going to look like, it's going to either, number one, appear he's, he, it's going to either appear he dies or he does die. I believe he does die. And he's going to be resurrected. And when he resurrects, Jesus Christ says, when you see the abomination of desolation stand, stand in the holy place, he said, you better run. That's the tribulation period. When you see the Antichrist come back up, that's the last three and a half years that we've been talking about. It'll be hell on earth. It's called the great tribulation period. It'll be when the beast is raised up, and it will not, if you're here, it'll not be fun. And the only way you're going to get out of it is to get raptured out. And that's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to get raptured out, and I hope you will too. And you say, well, why won't I get raptured out? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll go through it. You need to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to be saved to get raptured out. The church is not going to go through this tribulation period. But if you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, you will. And I hope and pray if you're in here this morning and you've not took Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior that you can look at the stuff I've been showing you on the transparency, showing you on the board, and you can say, man, that Bible, it's pretty amazing because it is an amazing book. And I'm trying to show you something in 30 minutes what would usually takes two to three hours to do a really deep study on it. I'm trying to just throw it out there to you in 30 minutes. But guys... When you get to looking at Alexander the Great and all the stuff that has to do with him, it lines right up with what the Bible said was going to happen to him. It's so strong that some scholars say there's no way Daniel was wit written in five, 500 B.C. It had to be written closer to uh, the time of Christ. You know why they say that? Because it's too accurate. It's just too accurate. That, that book of Daniel is an amazing book. And the book of Revelation, guys, if you look at it with an honest heart and a truthful heart, you'll say, that's pretty amazing because I'm seeing this stuff take place before my very eyes where there's a one-world government, one-world banking system. I'm here to tell you this morning, get ready. We're about to get out of here. And when I get raptured out, I'm going to say bye-bye. I don't care what happens. I'm going to be up in heaven. Praise God. I got a great reunion. I can't wait to see Jesus Christ. But God forbid you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ and you're like, well, what happened to me? You'll be right here. And you'll get to go through all this hell on earth. That God, when God pours His wrath out. And I pray you'll take, make the decision to receive Jesus Christ. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know 
if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him